This is My Hearth and Home, a witchy podcast. My name is Angelica, and I'll be your host. Hey, hey, it's episode five. I can't believe it. Episode five, so exciting. Um, fun fact, the number five has always been and probably will always be my favorite number. Um, when I was little, um, my grandparents had tapes in, um, underneath their, you know, nice entertainment cabinet thing. And I would always, you know, open the doors and go through them and I would pick out Beethoven's fifth. Um, mainly because I was five at the time, um, but, you know, Beethoven's Fifth, Ode to Joy, has always been, um, my favorite piece of music, number, number five has always been my favorite number, and this is episode five, which is fantastic! Um, so what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about the moon. And we are going to talk about all things love. I know that Valentine's Day was on Friday. um, And I did my Valentine's episode last week, which talked all about, you know, the origins of Valentine's Day. And what you can do to celebrate love and what I've done to celebrate love. Um, But... This is going to be more looking at, you know, what sort of things um, are associated with love in a magical, witchy sense. So, yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's podcast. Okay, so the moon... Um, the moon is in its third quarter phase or last quarter phase, which means that it's 50% illuminated. And according to exemplar.com, the third quarter or the waning half moon is the perfect time for dealing with obstacles or leaping over hurdles that might cause you to stumble on your way. Uh, whether you've been working towards something and there's a road blocking your path, the timing of this moon offers appropriate energies for helping you burst through it. Um, another good use of this moon's phases energy is aiding with transitions, whether these are transitions that you have to make or simply want to make in your life. It can help help smooth out any wrinkles that may cause snags as you go on your way. So yeah, I mean, you know, if we're talking about, you know, hurdles, Um, if there's a hurdle with loving yourself, or if there's a hurdle you're dealing with, with loving another person, or if there's a hurdle that you're trying to leap with your job, or some external force, or if you're, you know, trying to transition between one phase of your life and another, uh, this would be the weekend to do magic, you know, around all of those things. Okay, and now for the All About Loves segment. Um, 
in this segment of the podcast, we are going to be talking about the deities of love, the crystals of love, the colors of love, and the herbs. So let's start with the deities. Uh, the deities of love, um, you know, I'm sure you can think of some, and, and I'm sure that there are more than these, but the ones that I'm going to talk about are Aphrodite, Cupid, Eros, Freya, Hera, Juno, Venus, and Hathor. So let's start with Aphrodite and Venus. Um, Aphrodite and Venus are basically the Greek and Roman equivalent of the goddess of love, um, and their mythologies are basically the same. Um, Aphrodite was born from the sea as a fully formed adult. She is the consort of Ares Mar slash Mars, um, the wife of Hephaestus slash Vulcan, and she is accompanied by Eros slash Cupid. Um, in the myths, um, Aphrodite was a very jealous goddess. Um, if a human dared to refuse love, she would get ridiculously angry. Um, whereas Venus, Venus was more of a personification of love for things like the city, the military, religion, etc. Um, then there's Eros slash Cupid. Uh, Eros being the Greek god of desire, Cupid being the Roman god of desire. Um, Eros and Cupid are a primordial deity, although some um, versions of the myth have Eros slash Cupid as the son of Aphrodite Venus. Um, you know, everyone has the idea of little Cupid in their mind with the little wings and the bow and arrow with the heart on the end. Um, but, you know, in ancient times, Eros Cupid was all about, you know, that desire. Um, and one of my favorite fun facts about Eros is that there, there's a love story. Um, one of the, you know, only pieces of mythology to come out of ancient Greece that actually has a happy ending. Um, and that is the story of Eros and Psyche. Um, it's basically the ancient version of Beauty and the Beast um, and East of the Sun, West of the Moon. Um, it was compiled in the later, um, you know, ancient novel, The Golden Ass, um, which, you know, used the story as a the story of Eros and Psyche is a story within a story. Um, but the Cliff Notes version is Psyche is a beautiful princess. Um, Eros falls in love with her. Eros, you know, gets Psyche's father to send her to his castle so he can marry her. Um, and Psyche goes willingly um, because, you know, it's a great honor for a god to choose to choose her. Um, but Eros being a god, um, and the god of desire at that, can't show his form to her. So, um, during the day, Psyche's left alone. At night, Eros comes to her and, um, you know, they fall in love and she's very happy. But then Psyche's, um, sisters make her think that, you know, er that she's been tricked, that Eros isn't, you know, a god, but a monster. And they you know, you know, make, put it in her head that she should, you know, take a candle and, uh, look at Eros, 
Um, and so Psyche, being the silly girl that she is, uh, does this. Um, and pieces of wax fall onto Eros, burning him. And he basically flees. And Psyche is horrified that she didn't trust in her husband, in her love. And she goes to Aphrodite and begs um, to, you know, get Eros back. And Aphrodite says that you can have, you know, I'll send Eros back to you if you complete these three tasks. And the three tasks are really ridiculous and difficult. But because Psyche is such a good person, um, she she gets them done. And Eros is so... Basically, she's regained the trust that she broke, um, proven herself. And as a reward, Zeus makes her immortal. So her and Eros can live happily ever after. Um, which... Yeah, that is basically Beauty and the Beast slash East of the Sun, West of the Moon. Um, and I love it. But moving on, um, another deity of love is Hera Juno. Um, Hera is the Greek goddess. Um, Juno is the Roman equivalent. Uh, Hera is the goddess of marriage. She is the wife to Zeus. Juno is the wife to Jupiter. Uh, she is the mother of all the gods. Um, Hera is also quite a jealous type because, um, Zeus would, you know, Zeus quite frankly couldn't keep it in his pants. Um, and Hera had to deal with all of his, you know, illegitimate, um, children. Um, whereas Juno, Juno's more of a warrior, um, goddess and more on equal footing, with Jupiter, which I find really interesting, the difference between, you know, the Greek and the Roman equivalent of the mother of the gods, the queen of the gods. But then again, in Greek culture, women were supposed to be, you know, kind of seen and not heard. They had their own, you know, space in the house that they were meant to spend their days. But by Roman times, um, Roman women were on more equal footing, um, generally, than their with their husbands. Um, Roman women could get divorced, they could own property, they could own businesses, they could make transactions, they could buy land, all of that. So it makes sense that Juno is, you know, you know, a more proactive goddess. Um, and then there's Freya. Freya is the Norse goddess of sex, lust, beauty, sorcery, fertility, gold, war, and death. Um, her chariot is pulled by cats, which, I mean, I'm a cat lover, so I think that is ridiculously cool. Um, there is some speculation that Freya might have been originally combined with Frigg, who is the wife of Odin. So again, you know, if that is true, you would have yet another, you know, deity of love um, being, you know, married to the king of the gods. Um, there are several plants that have been named after Freya, um, in the Nordic countries, and there are lots of places that are, that were devoted to her, and you can tell that, um, because these places in Norway and Sweden still, you know, have her name in their title. And then, finally, there's Hathor. Hathor is the Egyptian goddess of the sky, um, she's a solar deity. She's the goddess of music, dance, joy, sex, beauty, love, motherhood, and queenship. Uh, she was worshipped in households and shrines. And she is often depicted um, 
with, you know, a circle and like kind of cow horns on her head. So, you know, the idea of like the sacred cow being um, sacred to Hathor, it is very much a um, piece of imagery there. Uh, but moving on to crystals, there are four crystals that, um, you know, are associated with love. That's war- rose quartz, which purifies um, and, you know, enhances unconditional love, stands for universal love, and restores trust. There's amethyst, which helps with emotions. There's ruby, which stands for happiness and passion and positive energy. And Moonstone, which soothes uh, people's energies. And Moonstone also, you know, enhances good emotions, um, fortune, and provides calmness. Uh, so colors that are associated with love, I'm sure, you know, shock, shock of shock, surprise of a surprise. Um, red, pink, and white. Um, red is stands for passion, love, seduction, adventure. Pink is unconditional love, nurturing, compassion, um, and sweetness. Uh, white stands for possibility, protection, faith, sincerity, positivity, purity, light, softness, goodness, illumination, understanding, and beginnings. Um, and then the herbs that are related to love, there is basil, which originally started as an herb for hate, but the Italians transformed it into a herb for love. Um, and there is this folklore tradition saying that if a man gets basil from a woman, he's destined to fall in love with her. Um, Calendova, which is basically pot marigold, um, stands for joy, gent- and it has a gentle and loving scent. Um, thyme, uh, it helps with courage and affection. Patchouli, is for passion and lust. Yarrow in the modern language of flowers means everlasting love. Uh, fennel goes back to um, Pliny's writings way back when. Um, and it's one of Ophelia's flowers in Hamlet. Um, oregano is said to be created by Aphrodite. And lavender is one of the oldest um, herbs. It's been in use for over 2,500 years. And it also stands for devotion and undying love. Um, aside from all that, there is the, you know, standard aphrodisiacs um, of chocolate, strawberries, and seafood. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot of information that I threw at you. Um, I find it all very interesting, the uh, kind of, like, crossover between you know, the deities especially, and like rose quartz is pink and stands for unconditional love, and the color pink just generally stands for unconditional love. And lavender, which is a purpley pink flower, stands for undying love. So it's all, you know, it's all connected. And isn't it nice um, when things are all connected? I I really like um, when things are connected. There's a nice synchronicity to everything um and i hope that all of this information helps i hope that all of this information helps you so this is the my hearth and home segment 
of the podcast. Um, so I'm recording this Friday at around 510. So I have not yet gone out for dinner with my husband, but I will be, which I'm very looking forward to. Um, but something that I did do this week that I said I would is I took um, a very long, luxurious bath. Um, with lavender and sandalwood um, bath foam, which was very relaxing. Um, I also cast a self-love spell, um, you know, just to take some time for me and to remember that it's it's good to love me too. Um, a picture of it is on my Instagram. Um, so basically, I took some pink candles and a piece of rose quartz that I had lying around. Um, I cast my circle. I called my quarters. I lit the candles and I said a little um, prayer or spell. Um, And then I spoke aloud all the things that I love about myself. Um, And then I meditated until the candle completely burnt out. Um, And then I listened to um, Love Yourself, which by Blake McGrath, I think, um, which seemed appropriate since this was a self-love spell. Um, and I kind of bopped around until it was done. And then I dismissed the quarters and opened the circle. Um, and it, it worked, it worked very well. Um, I've been feeling kind of off the last week or so due to various things. And about 24 hours after I cast the spell. I I felt more energetic. I felt more, you know, comfortable within my own skin. And and it was really nice. And it was also really nice just to, you know, take that time for myself. Um and to, you know, raise the energy within myself and to verbalize um all the things about myself that I love. Um, other things that I've done to love myself this week is I've, I've been cooking. Um, I got the HelloFresh box two weeks ago. This week was a second week. I really like it. My husband thinks it's a waste of money, so we're going to stop it. But it, it kind of did its purpose. It, it made me really excited to be cooking. Um, I made black bean black bean chow mein this week and I also made uh farro farro and kale with goat cheese and a balsamic um dressing which was both of which were you know really really good um and what else am I going to do what else am I going to do um I I, this sort of falls under under you know self-love um I have a hematite chip bracelet that I've been using to help, um, you know, ground myself. Um, but it's really old and the elastic's about to break. So as soon as I'm done recording this podcast, before I go out for dinner, um, I'm going to restring the bracelet. And yeah, so that's everything that I have done um, for my hearth and home to love myself and the world around me this week.
Okay, so what about your hearth and home? Um, well, I hope that you've taken some time to relax. I hope that you've, you know, told the people around you that, you know, that you love them. I hope that if you have a best gal or a best guy friend, that you had a Galentine's Day or a guy time day. Guys night out. I'd, whatever. But the point is, is I hope that you spend some time with friends. Um, I did have Galentine's Day uh, last night. My bestie and I went out. We got our nails done. Um, I got a pretty pink with sparkles. Um, she got blue with sparkles. Um, we got our, you know, usual course of sushi. We wandered around the bookstore. We came back to my apartment and just chit-chatted the night away, which was fantastic. I highly encourage you to do the same. Um, spend some time with your bestie. If you're feeling that you need, you know, a pick-me-up, uh, you are free to use the self-love spell that I posted on Instagram. Um, although... I would highly recommend crafting something that is more, you know, what you're into. I am very much a candle, a crystal, and color witch. Um, when I do my spellcraft, you may not, and that's completely fine. Um, I like casting a circle and calling the quarters when I do a spell, um, but by no means is that um, necessary. It's just, you know, by casting a circle and calling the quarters and then dismissing the quarters and opening the circle, it helps me put me in and take myself out of the mindset that I am doing magical working. Um, so if you are, or if you choose to do something um, and you want to uh, craft something, uh, the internet's a great place to go, Pinterest. Um, has a lot of great, you know, jumping off points, but whatever resonates with you, um, try to take it and make it into, you know, make it into your own. Um, it's in my experience, magic is always more effective when you're the one doing the creation of it, um, versus just reciting, um, what somebody else has written. Um, not to say that what other people have written in books is bad, just that's what, you know, that's what has worked for them. And, and just, you know, I, I like my prayers, my spells to have a cadence and a rhyme to them. Um, so I often, you know, take the idea of the invocation or whatever, and I rework it so it sounds more like music that's being spoken. Uh, but that's just me. Um, what you do is a completely 100% up to you. All right, and that's all I've got for you for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, please remember to... Uh, leave a review on whatever platform that you are listening on. It really helps to, you know, get the podcast out there. And if you'd like to contact me, you can do so uh, via my email, which is myhearthandhome 
at gmail.com. That's myhearthandhome87 at gmail.com, all lowercase, no spaces. And you can also follow me at, at um, myhearthandhome87 on Instagram. So, yeah, have a lovely week. Uh, we will see you next weekend. Blessed be witches. Oh, I didn't write down um, what the uh, workout my information today. Um, basically, type in anything that I've talked about into the good old Google, and it's basically the first thing that pops up. And your kittens. You have to love your kittens. Um, <laughs> both of mine are staring at me. One is sitting on top of my husband's duffel bag. Um, and the other one is standing on the back of the couch staring at me. Um, both of them are staring at me saying, you know, you're talking about love, but you're not talking about us. And oh, I love my fur babies. I hope that you love your fur babies too.